disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written in him and had been done to him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, you did not think that being God's son was something to hold above any of us. And so you set your crown aside for a time and took the form of a slave and were born as one of us. As we move ahead toward your passion, strengthen us in this time. Help us to remember these palms, to remember the parade, to remember your betrayal, the last meal with your disciples, your death, and yes, your resurrection. Strengthen us also by the gift of this word. May it stir up in us the grace that you've so graciously given us. And keep us in you. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's an odd change of pace, isn't it? We've spent... The last five weeks of Lent, normally a a somber, sad time, reflecting on our our sinfulness, praying to God for forgiveness, and yes, in many respects, wallowing in the dirt and in the ashes of the bad things that happen in our lives and in the world around us. And all of a sudden, here on Palm Sunday, we hear these stories of a great parade, people crowded on the narrow streets, climbing trees and throwing their coats palm branches, and yes, maybe even some form of candy in the road as Jesus came down this winding mountain path from Bethpage and Bethany into Jerusalem. We have here in our worship service this morning worship hymns of praise and glory to our King and with them a different tone than the Lenten season that has come before and the Holy Week that we anticipate in the coming days. This scene strikes us as somewhat odd. People standing and shouting and screaming in the streets for this carpenter as he comes riding into town on a donkey. But it's almost like a riot is going on. Close your eyes for a second and picture Philadelphia a couple days after the Philadelphia Eagles came back from the Super Bowl. People climbing on lampposts, throwing stuff in the streets. It's the same kind of image. Yet in the story of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, we have something a little bit different, something a little bit off. The crowds are looking for a king, a conqueror to rid Jerusalem of the Roman Empire's forceful grip on their city. But Jesus offers no such image in his role. He's not riding on the back of a grand war horse or in the back of a convertible. He's riding on a donkey, a beast of burden and service. Somewhat odd then that we should call this day the day of Jesus' triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. Kings, princes, presidents, generals, Super Bowl winning teams, they join the parade after the fight's over, after the victory's been won, after they've proven themselves victorious following an election or an effective show of force. But of course, there is a reason for everything. God himself is coming into the holy city to celebrate the Passover. And through the events of the coming week, Jesus will fulfill God's plan for the redemption of this world in his death and in his resurrection. 
But Jesus has conquered. Through the stories of the gospel, we read that Jesus has conquered blindness, leprosy, paralysis, and deafness. He's conquered the storm and the sea, crowds that have attempted to kill him, and the crafty attempts of Sadducees and Pharisees attempting to trap him in heresy. Jesus has conquered hunger and thirst, not just for himself in the wilderness, but for the multitudes gathered on the hillside in Galilee. Yes, Jesus has triumphed in many ways. He's even raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. But here on this Palm Sunday, Jesus knows that more is yet to be done. The tension here lies not between Rome and Jerusalem, crowd and parade, Pharisee and Sadducee, Jew and Gentile, or later even Caiaphas and Jesus. The tension here lies within the person of Jesus himself. Because he knows that in this world there is sin and there is virtue. There is life and there is death. There's salvation and there's damnation. There's Hosanna, save us. And there is crucify, kill him. All of these lie within this person we know as Jesus. His true triumph awaits. And we believe that Jesus knows of the trials that face him at the end of this, our holy week. It is Jesus' true victory for which we give him all glory, laud, and honor this morning. It's for Jesus' true triumph over death in the grave that we cling and rest our hopes in him. Our Christ has come. The victory is almost won. We're so close. And yet... In many respects, we're still so far away. Because we know as people of faith that the songs we sing this morning of triumph and of victory are mingled with the prayers of grief, of sadness, of pain, and of death. We know in our heart of hearts that as people of faith, it's hard to do as Paul urges and prays for us in his letter to the Philippians this morning. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. For they who was in the form of God did not think it something to be exploited over another. But humbling himself, he took the form of a slave, was born in human likeness, and was obedient to the will of God, even to the point of death. Let the same mind be in all of you. For all the fanfare, for all that we've achieved in this world, all the conquering that's been done in our lives, in our families, in the workplace. Set those things aside. Give them up in the name of service and of honor and of obedience to God. This king riding in as the crowd shouted, Hosanna, save us! This king has taken the form of a slave. Born in the meagerest of human conditions, raised as a citizen of an occupied country, working all of his life to overcome poverty, disease, and the disgust of foreigners. But he didn't think his status as the Son of God was something to be exploited. He didn't think that because he was Jesus, he had a leg up on anybody. So he set it aside. To walk as we walk, to live as we live, and yes, to suffer as we suffer. Here in this moment, his triumph is coming. 
And we know because we live after the fact that that parade comes with a price. Obedience, following God's desire for our lives in this world is a costly thing. And subject to the ridicule of this world. It's not easy to be obedient to God in the face of death. But this is what Paul prays for us. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. It's a difficult thing to obey God, to learn how to forgive as God has forgiven us. As we witness sisters and brothers around us dying in this world, it's hard to see the suffering that exists in this world get swept away under the rug while people at the same time look to take advantage of their neighbor by stealing or cheating or lying their way to the top. It's enough to make anyone go bitter or cynical when we see people flourishing at the hands of their evil deeds while people go hungry beside of us. It's hard to reach down deep into our hearts and into our wallets to give of everything that we have, to set aside who we think we are, to love and serve someone we don't even know. It's hard to be that obedient, especially when what Jesus says is that obedience leads to death. It is hard and it is okay to admit that. But in the name of Christ Jesus, we can do these things. We've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit to give of ourselves, our time, our possessions with the same humility and grace and humbleness that Jesus carried with him throughout the city of Jerusalem this coming week as his final moments in this life drew near. We can be the owner of that donkey in Bethany and Bethpage, giving of our livelihood in service to God and in service to our neighbor. Because the Lord needs it. And we can trust that as people of faith, that the one who comes in the name of the Lord does indeed bring the gifts of the kingdom of God. Brings the gift of wholeness, brings the gift of peace, brings the gift of life in the face of death. We can sing praises with the crowds, bow our knees and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And his triumphal entry into Jerusalem is only the beginning of his triumph over sin, death, and the devil. Hosanna, save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. These are the words we still shout in thanks and praise to God to this day. Every Sunday during communion, we recount the Palm Sunday praise and offer glory to God. Joining in the cries of these early followers of Jesus. What does the communion liturgy say? Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is our song of praise. This is our song of worship during the sharing of this meal. And it's no accident that it mimics the cries of these crowds as they line the streets leading up to Jerusalem. Because here in this place we see our King. God for us. God with us. God taking on the flesh of this world. 
the gifts of bread and wine that are frail and fragile to show us how much God loves us, calling us to remember the parade, to remember the donkey and the palms, to remember the bread and the wine, to remember, yes, the betrayal, the death, and the resurrection. Remember these things, Jesus says, not just with our minds, but with our entire beings, with all that we are and all that we have. Experience the God who has come to us in ways that we could never imagine. Because just as we join and we share this meal together, we see Jesus coming in triumph over the brokenness in this world. And we join with the saints of the church, past, present, and future, in shouting hosannas to our King. This is what we're welcoming Wesley and Ellie to this morning. Not just a sharing of bread and wine in this place, but the experience of God come to us, come for us in this meal. A fellowship and a joy of Christian community. The crowds in Jerusalem, they look for their king. But here in this place, every time we gather around this table, we find him broken and shed for each and every single one of us in these gifts of bread and wine. This meal is Jesus' triumph, promised for us, shared with us to show the kind of king we really worship. A king who bowed in humble service, who took on suffering and shame for our sake, who lives and reigns so that you and I may know the gifts of God's forgiveness. In power, in our King there is humility. In His leadership there is service. In Jesus, broken and shed for us, there is God's saving grace for this entire world. And in each and every one of us rests the same power of God to bring about life in the face of death. We've been given the gifts. We've been given the promise. Let us now have the same mind in us that was in Christ Jesus. To offer ourselves all that we have and all that we are. In worship of God and in service to our neighbor. Because we are blessed by the one who has come in the name of the Lord. Amen.